Hello and welcome to episode 247 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. Two TV meetings for us to preview this weekend. The Grade 2 Silviniaco Conti Chase plus the Lanzarotti Handicap Hurdle are the highlights at Kempton on Saturday. Plus, Rare Edition is due to run at Kempton as well in the final race of the day. Warwick is the venue for a Grade 2 Novices Chase and the Veterans Handicap, which has been rescheduled from last weekend's abandoned meeting at Sandown. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of Saturday's racing action, plus Wally Pyra looks at the weekend meeting in Hong Kong. So the weekend comes up again, and once again, Bill, we're on Weather Watch. I think this weekend is looking okay. I don't think the frost is going to get in, but there's a cold snap coming next week. That's going to affect racing throughout the week and probably at the weekend as well. How do you see it all all going this uh, next few days? There's a, there's a lull in the in the freezing cold stuff for a few days, so Kempton and Warwick and Weatherby all should be fine this weekend. Uh, but like you say, there's definitely another cold snap on its way. And um, fun enough, that was one of the reasons we've declared Rare Edition to run in the last at Kempton uh, on Saturday, because we had half an eye on Ascot for next weekend, the, the Holloway's hurdle. But mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying Ascot's going to be off, but but there's a, there was a pot going here, and you, you almost don't want to sit one out with a hope that the frost doesn't come along the following week. And, it was just a slight niggle that, that the weather might play its part next week and take the Kempton race on, on route to maybe a tilt at the Betford hurdle. Obviously, it's very exciting to have him back. He finished at really close up third when we saw him in his uh, reappearance this season. And, and he was a bit unlucky in that race, wasn't he? Because he travelled really well, I thought, throughout the race. But with the, the sun being there, they took out a lot of the hurdles and it was almost a, a glorified bumper in the end. Yeah, it was, and it wasn't really Bradley Roberts' fault, the kid kid who rides him, um, who kind of got caught a bit, bit further back and it turned into a bit of a dash to the line. There were two yeah, flat holes yeah. that got, kind of got first run on him. Um, Harry Cobden's going to ride him on Saturday. Um, obviously hasn't ridden him before, but he was available. He was keen to ride. Um, and yeah, it just it just felt the kind of right thing to do to 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 put him on. And look, I'm not I'm not saying it's a good thing, but we hope he goes really well. He he, he should give a really good account. It's the it's his kind of course and distance of his best performance when he won a Boxing Day last year. Um, he's in really good form, and um, it's a naught to one forty. It's worth taking our chance, you know. And it's the three fifty, the final race. At Kempton, so I don't think you'll have any problem with low lying sun. You probably need the floodlights on at ten to four, won't you? I mean, it should be okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the sun, I think sunset is supposed to be kind of four twelve or something, or four to four. Oh, so we've got we, that we, written down. You're right, but, but someone was asking me about that the other day. But I, I don't know. But I think it sets in the opposite direction. I'm sure they run away from the sun at Kempton, but maybe, maybe I've got that wrong. And the course, you Kempton's going to be fine, isn't it? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. For him. yeah. The weather, weather's all kind of, um, you know, please, please, God, it's, it's. There's no frost this morning or, or tomorrow morning. We're recording this on Friday. We should, should be, should be fine. Um, and the ground's drying out a bit, so we're talking about kind of soft, good to soft in places, but mm-hmm. hopefully, good to soft come, come Saturday, and it'll all be good. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, good luck with rare edition. The three fifty 
on Saturday afternoon, the final race at Kempton, over two miles up to Hurdle Race. Coming up there, we're going to look at Kempton and Warwick today on, on the podcast, looking at the feature races, the ones on TV as well. And we start Kempton then at one thirty with a three-mile handicap chase. Quite small fields, apart from the Lanzarossi, which has got a, a bit of much bigger field than the rest of the the fields on uh, on Saturday. So Phlegmatic, I think, has either been backed in for the Skeletons or Chianti Classico has drifted overnight for Kim Bailey because they sort of flip-flop now as favourites and Phlegmatic seems to be the new favourite for this 130. We've got Gustavian in there as well and Latitude is in there with Derasha Counter, who's 12 years old these days uh, for Emma Lavelle who does so well with her older horses as well. All in this one with Moroda in there as well. Manella Trump making up the lineup. So, um, phlegmatic skeleton with uh, Tristan Dole claiming three on board. How do you see this one? Yeah, good. Small field. Um, as, you, as you say, a lot, lot of these came out at the five day deck stage, or the, or the 48 hour deck stage. So, so only the seven runners. Uh, I think in answer to your initial question about whether it's money for phlegmatic or or a drift on Chianti Classico, I think it's a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. You've got a yard in Kim Bailey's that's just struggling to find a winner. They haven't they haven't had a winner since last Pancake Tuesday. That's 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 the the big issue. And um, you know, I think it's a month without a winner. Um, they've had a fair mm-hmm. few run below par, and and that's a worry. You know, when you're looking at kind of stable form i always think it's worth looking at the ones that are short that have underperformed not not the big ones so so for example when when he has a horse behind the veil that's seven or 13 or 80 to one at taunton is that a disappointing run it's probably not what's disappointing is when you see a four to one shot beaten when you see a seven to two shot last of four mm-hmm. when you have mm-hmm. 230 shots 108 or 16 and one three or five you start to think there may be something that's holding the yard back. And, and that's got to be your worry with Kianto Classico. Look, he's a very good horse. He showed at Ascot he's a good horse. There's people talking about him being an ultimate handicap horse at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, Kim Bailey does so well with these kind of horses. We know that, you know, this is a horse that ran in the Alba Park the last year and then had his wind done and looked completely different horse over fences, bolting up at Chepstow and Ascot. Um, look, he's a very good horse. Whether he'll show it, at Kempton on this day, I don't know. His class may get him through. Phlegmatic, the the older horse, who's nine, nine years old, but he's just a bit of a Kempton specialist. Won a couple of times there um, in the in the past back at back um, in February twenty two. Um, he's got one very very good run on the on the track when he was just touched off by our power in the that valuable the old Racing Post Trophy, but the Coral Trophy as it now is in February. It's hard, you know. Underground yeah. for winning it. Yeah. Um, it was just touched off by our, our power off with pieces on off off a mark of one three five. And look, he's had a couple of good runs at Ascot this season, the second to your darling and third to Victorino. I was there for both of those runs and he, he just shaped really well, like his turns not far away. And he often takes a few runs to get going. Um, you know, third, fourth, fifth runs, and that's where we are now. So he's he's primed to be peaking at this stage. He's off a mark of one three seven. Tristan Durrell takes three pounds off him. So um, I think it's Tristan Durrell. I made him sound like an American football running back by calling him <laughs> Tristan Durrell. Uh, Tristan Durrell takes three pounds off. So in essence, he's running off 134, which is below his winnable marks. Um, just lots like. He's rock solid. I think he'll put it up to 
what's it going to say, the favourite. I think he'll go off favourite in the end. I think he'll be very hard to beat. You know, looking at the prices now, he's five to two. Is he a great bet? Not really, but is he the horse I want to back? Yes, possibly. I mean, Latitude will probably needs further and, and Gustavian's rock solid and Durasha counter had the option of going in the stay in the veterans race, but there's options to come here because it's a smallish field. But mm. um, I'd be a little bit disappointed if phlegmatic didn't win this. Um, and um, yeah, he'll be the selection. Uh, just the five of them in the get ready. Silviniaco Conti chase. That's just the hardest horse to pronounce in the world because you want to get it right. And you always get it wrong. Silviniaco Conti, got it. Five runners, two miles, four and a half furlongs. It's obviously a disappointing field for a race that's worth 80,000. And we've got Edward Stone coming back for Alan King, who's having, I don't know, is he having a quiet time, Alan King, this season? He just doesn't seem to have the big stars at the moment. I don't know if I've been missing a few. Anyway, Banbridge comes over from Ireland for Joseph O'Brien, having won at Aintree in the end of last season in the, the novice chase, the grade one there. Edward Stone hasn't won a race since winning the Tingle Creek in 2022 when I think we were both there. I was certainly there for that one when he beat Granatine on that occasion. And I don't know, he just seems to look like he's going to win and then put in a bad jump somewhere along the line. Has he regressed, Edward Stone? Pictor is also in there as well, not long till May, and, and Janadil. Edwardston, what's what's the feeling of, you know, he's 10 these days as well. He's not getting any younger, is he? As I say about, about regressing, he had, he's had a fair few real good tussles. And, you know, he was, you know, that Tingle Creek day you go back to, you know, you, you, that was a brilliant performance. You know, went into a warm favourite um, for the champion chase after that run and then obviously unseated at Kempton. But, um, you know, a head bob away from from should have probably beaten it as a G in the, on trials day last year and was pretty woeful at, at Cheltenham in the champion chase behind Nergam in last year but just not his his usual self N- nothing came to light you remember he was mm. they, they thought there was something wrong with him he ran so bad um but they gave him a bit of time you know like like he's so good at doing um Alan King he's a brilliant trainer like that he can you know true Shan is a classic example of a horse he just gave time to and got back and he came back and he, he he ran really well in the Schler chase um, on his reappearance. And then almost stepped forward on that. You know, properly gave um, Jean Bon a, a, a bit of a scare in the Tingle Creek and um, ran all the way to the line. So so it, it, he's got him back. They're trying something different here. They're trying the kind of two and a half route, um, probably leading towards the Ryanair. Um He's got the gears because he can compete over two miles. If he stays and he's on song, he's going to be very competitive. You know, it's 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 the nature of it. It's just whether you want to back him at what is now very close to favoritism um, in, in a number of places, and that's your only little niggle. Um, you got three horses at the top of the market in Banbridge, Edberstone, and Pictory. Who? It's three heads and tails, isn't it? Any one of them can win, and that's that's mm-hmm. what makes it. Difficult, difficult betting conundrum. Um, starting off with Bambridge, um, look very likable. Won the Grade One novices at, at Aintree the last time we saw him. It's his first run of the season. Decent ground will help him to so the drying ground is what what he wants. Will he be fully wound up first up on a track he's got no experience on? It could be. It just wouldn't be for me at the prices. I wouldn't be surprised to see him win, but I wouldn't want to back him. Edward Stone. 
as I was touching on before, similar kind of rules apply. I think um, connections are changing things because he's not quite himself and he hasn't shown his real spark and magic. And for that reason, I probably kind of sit him out. So you can guess where I'm heading by default. I'm probably going to head towards Pick Dory. Um, I put him up against Shiskin and got a bit lucky there probably um, when Shiskin obviously refused. Um, yeah. And... You know, we put him up at kind of five to two as a good bet against him. And I thought it was, oh, I thought it was hideous that I thought, oh my God, you're going to get a beat by straw fan Jack here. But his class kind of pulled him through. It's his first round of the season. Um, he's he's what I call a proper grade one and a half horse, as in he's just not a grade one horse. He's, but he's a, he's a bit better than a grade two horse on his day. And here he is at his level in a grade two. Um, he runs very solid races to his mark from the front or prominently and the point here is that this might be good enough he's taking on two proven grade one horses who might not be fully wound up on their a game and for that reason i just think pick dory would be the vote so uh, 11 of four with hills he'd be my kind of smallish stakes play on a race you should probably just watch rather than play um, because any of them can win. Not long to make and win. Janadil can even win. He's a horse who, you know, if you, if you want to throw pounds at outsiders, you can certainly bet worse than 14 to 1 Janadil because he's always threatened to be very good. Um, but for me, if you gave me a £2 win bet on the race, I would go with Pick Dury, but I wouldn't be surprised if any of them won it. Okay, 2.42. We won't even mention the race times. They're not going to go the time. Two miles, five furlong, Coral, Lanzarote, handicap hurdle, big race of the day. Field-wise, with a field of 19. I know you feature this in your column on Wednesday in City AM newspaper, Impose Trois for Nicky Henderson in the JP Colours, who was second behind Lucia at Ascot recently, having won a couple at Ludlow and Cheltenham before. Is the favourite, and I know you like him on the weekend. We've got Nemean Lyon in there for Kerry Lee. Sonagino goes for Nichols and Copton. Again, that woman's a winner at, at uh, Aintree on heavy going. King Alexander, another Henderson horse is in there. Good luck, charm, Mark of Gold, etc. Just to explain your, your feelings for the favourite here and the horse you think is going to win in post Yeah, I mean, we went with him early in the week. I had to do the column, obviously, Tuesday for Wednesday. And my logic of, of in is just his mark. And this is a horse that's running off a mark of 134 and he just strikes you as a horse who is miles better than a 134 horse. Look, I was at Cheltenham in November when he bolted up in that handicap off a mark in the 120s. Um, he was very weak in the market the last time we saw him match in Ascot in that in that Bet for Exchange trophy just before Christmas and should have won that race that day off a mark of 131. Clouted the second last, was untidy at the last and only just failed to reel in stable mate Lucia. Um the trip's just too short. Two mile, one mile, seven and a half on good ground that day. Just call him out. And this horse is a horse that won over two five at Ludlow in May. And he, he stays. He's by a family who stay. He's got to brush up his jumping, but he just strikes me as a horse that of one, three, four might win this head towards the Coral Cup. Just, it just looks a bit, a bit too good for them. Uh, I know it sounds silly. It's a very competitive race, as you as you, as you kind of might imagine. Um, and normally, you know, you know me well, and, and people who listen to this might know me well. Normally, I'd be dabbling around the, the the bigger price horses. You know, Mark of Gold is a horse that's kind of 
winking at me that could easily run well. Um, you know, he's 16s with Coral Mark of Gold. Um, he, he would probably kind of potentially there was an outsider get my vote as a as, as a as a each way bet against it. Probably because going more sources have been in such good form. And Mark of Gold fell in this um in this very race 12 months ago, um, off a mark of one two nine. Um, he's seven pounds higher, which is less attractive, but he did come back to the course um, at Kempton the following month and, and bolted up off that one, two, mark, nine mark. Um, didn't run badly at Cheltenham and, and j- just has had a couple of runs under his belt. This is probably the plan for him. I could see him running really well, but just can't move away from him. If there is a big danger, the market will tell you it's Sonagino that he, he he's fast improving too. He might not even be a handicapper. He might be a graded horse in time. Um, bolted up at Aintree and was a good fourth in, in the Great Wood, but wants, wants this this kind of level of trip. Um, boring, I think, in Poistois or win. I think Sonagino might be be second to him. Um, I, I think if you haven't backed in Poistois, I still think there's juice. If you can get four to one, I still think it's a fair price. Um, and if you had to throw a Hail Mary at one, that big price, I'd go mark with gold each way at 16s. Okay, that's Kempton. Good luck to Rare Edition in the final race as well on Saturday. Let's go to Warwick. TV cameras are there. They've got train times as well. The first uh, departure that we're going to look at, Platform 2, is at 1.49. No, no. Three miles and a furlong, and it's the Potemps qualifier. Only eight, though. Normally they have big field in Potemps, but only eight. But it's a nightmare. We know why. They're all trying to get to the mark, to get to Cheltenham and not win too much by losing the mark. But Quintara for Mel Rowley has already won two. He's gone up from 113 to 124 already. How do you see this one? I think it's a minefield in the worry, this one. Yeah, looking at crap, these, these attempts qualifiers, they seem to be much smaller fields this year. I don't really know why um, they're not really catching fire at the moment, but they are... Um, the qualification of finishing in the first four and then running in the final. It just, I think this needs to be looked at. I, I just don't think it works um, because ultimately you want to get in but not win. And it's all about the one day of March. <laughs> so they're trying to bring a narrative and to bring a series where you get everything qualified. But you're basically getting us, you're punishing those that don't hide their light under a bushel. Isn't it better now that they have to finish in the first four before they just used to have to run and then they could be anywhere in the field, couldn't they? Yeah, totally get that, Chris. Yeah, 100%. Now, when there's four, it's great if it's a 21 or field at Leperstown. When there's an yeah. eight run, yeah. you know, for example, a horse like Third Win, who we haven't seen for two years since winning the Pertemps in March 22, um, of a mark of 141. Here he is back out off the same mark. He's going to get in whatever happens um, if he qualifies. They'll be delighted with fourth or third. Mm. There's probably no point. They've genuinely got aspirations of winning the race. They don't want to be winning this. Um, and that's the frustrating thing. And with the prize money the way it is, when you turn around and say, oh, they're going to get 50, 60 grand, you wouldn't turn that down. It's 15,000 quid to the winner. It's such a small pot that they're best not to try and win. And that's what makes it... Um, a bit of a head scratcher with um, with these races as a whole. Um, when you when you when you try and 
try and second guess whether a horse is, is, is whether they actually connections want to win. You know, and you've got a horse like Mel Monroe coming over for Gordon Elliott, um, who's already off a mark of one three two, you know, which is pr- good enough to get in the race. Second to Croke Park, two starts back. Um, she's the obvious one, but you know they'd probably be delighted if she finished third or four. Yeah, and that's yeah. what put, puts you off. Um, it wasn't a race I had a strong view on. If I had to play, I would actually back Kintara. And this is turning out to be a podcast where I'm going at the top, towards the top of the market. But Kintara for me is probably the soundest bet at around 11 or 4. Um, the interesting thing about him is that he probably has to win again to get in the per temps. He needs to go up in the weights. You know, he might well get in, but off one, two, four, um, you're flirting with danger. And this is a horse that has just, since he left Kim Bailey and gone to Mel Rowley, she's done an amazing job and bolted up at Lingfield, one in the background, so the heavy ground, if it's a bit chewed up and a bit nasty there, I don't think it'll be a problem. Gone up six pounds for that. I don't think that that'll kind of stop him. And I just think he's a he's an informed horse. Um, big ITV runner for Mel Rowley. Charlie Deutsch in great form, got a nice racing weight. What will handle the ground will definitely stay. Eleven or four. Yeah, that'll do for me. I think Kintara is the one. Okay, to two twenty-four, it's three miles and novices chase. It's a great two at Warwick on Saturday, and only five turning up for a race that's worth seventy-five thousand. Bit of a broken record coming here. Now I really like the way Apple Away came back. She came back in terrific style. I mean it probably wasn't a great race at Leicester on heavy going, but uh, she won by thirty-one lengths for Lucinda Russell, having finished third two Great Dawning at Haydock and winning at Aintree, where she won the Sefton Novices Grade 1 back in April. Great Dawning's back again here for Dan and Harry Skelton, having, uh, as I say, won at Haydock in November. Broadway Boys done absolutely nothing wrong for Nigel Twiston Davis and Sam on board, having won, what, five now out of six and was second behind Florian Porter on the other occasion. It's a small field, but this one looks pretty competitive, and, and the, you wouldn't be surprised who was going to win this at the, at the top of the market here. Yeah, yeah agreed. Um, I think we put Broadway Boy up for the Brown Advisory before he won last time at the kind of 16s and 20s, and he's down to kind of 10s now. Um, it's typical kind of twist and Davis, tough horse. Reminds me a lot of Black Lion. You know, loads of runs. They'll end up going to to chart of the Brown Advisory with loads of experience, um, and they keep on setting him tasks that you think, no, that this is this is just they're biting off a little bit too much here, and then he keeps on coming through it. This is another one of those kind of tests. Um, he's here at a at a track that's that's new to him, and it's not is it's not Cheltenham um, where he's been for the last three starts. Yeah. Um, just a t- typical, difficult task. On, on, on ratings, it's going to be very hard to beat. He's had such a busy season. He's had four really hard races. He's just, it's just, it's just hard. Um, I thought this was a fascinating race. Three really good horses at the top: Apple, Apple Away, Great Dawning, and Broadway Boy. Um, it's a bit like the Kempton Pictory race. You've got three. You, you wouldn't be surprised if any of the three. Um, one and you've also got a situation where there's plenty of money around for the changing man, the Tizard horse. So, you know, you could ignore the unseat last time, and he's actually right in the mix because he was second to stay away for a um and ahead of Grey Dawning on, on, on that Exeter run. 
So he probably is overpriced at the seven, eight to one mark. Um, I thought this was painfully hard to come down on one. I wouldn't personally want to have a better net because I, c- I couldn't be confident about which of the three would win. Um, Lucinda Russell's always thought the world of Apple away. Proven grade one horse. Bounced back to a bitter form, even though it was a bit of a silly race last time. Um, having disappointed at Haydock, that lingers in the mind. And for that reason, I need to go and see her back up in a, in a, in a stronger race. So she wouldn't carry my money, in particular when she's two to one favourite. And as I said, Broadway boys had loads of really hard races and <laughs> got to jump a tiny bit better as well. Um, plenty of times get yourself organised that Cheltenham, there isn't that much time at Warwick. The fences come thick and fast. And he lost his rhythm a bit in that Cheltenham race and you don't want to be doing that round Warwick. Um, which which kind of default leads me to Grey Dawning, who I thought ran an unbelievable race um, to be beaten by Ginny's Destiny last time at Cheltenham. Uh, made um, an appalling mistake two out that would stop most horses. Uh, kind of landed on top of the fence and and would have actually been winded by that and still managed to pick himself up, organise himself and fly at Ginny's destiny and just fail to get there. Um, probably worth another try at this uh, at this three-mile trip. Um, they came back in trip after the first run of the season behind Stairway Fay and Exodus. He looked like he didn't quite get home, and that's the only niggling concern. Um, but I think he should be okay. Um, the drop back in trip kind of helped him at Haydock and he would have won over any trip at uh, Haydock. And I, I just just needed that run. He, blew, he looked to blew up a bit at Exeter and I, and I thought I'd give him a go at three miles. So Grey Dawning was the vote, but fascinating race. There's a great chance of a winner, I think, in the three o'clock at Warwick that we can find in. I think you've already found her for this one. Three miles and five furlongs for a handicap chase. Gavin Cromwell has just been amazing bringing his horses over, in particular to Cheltenham. And I know he said recently that uh, the race that he won last time at Cheltenham with one of his horses would have been more competitive had it been run in Ireland. So he knows what to do with them. And he's got Melina Girl, who you featured in your column, in the anti-post column in the City AM earlier on in the week. Now, she fell three out at Cheltenham when cruising behind Broadway Boy. She's still off 146. That's the same mark she was at Cheltenham. She probably would have won on that occasion. She's got Conestone Walsh claiming five again on board on Saturday, taking on Guatapan Colange for Charlie Longson, who I know you have a lot of time for. He trains rare edition for you. Beauport's in there as well for Twiston Davis. Fontaine Colange for Venetia Williams also in there. But Melina Girl, this is one of those horses where you see, oh, she was so unlucky in that last time next time she comes out in a decent mark she'd have a really good chance and i know you like her in this one yeah we covered this race earlier in the week and and melina girl um and alan king's horse got the vote um made it on d i mean melina girl look she was brilliant at cheltenham as you said two starts back and she was cantering at cheltenham when she came down behind broadway boy the exchanges she was tra- trading close to odds on, um, not a million miles away from it, and it was a fair long way out when she fell um, three out. Um, that was off off one four six, and look, she's back off one four six. The race has changed a little bit. Uh, we did this obviously prior to Dex, and um, we obviously were putting Melina Girl up at a much bigger price. You know, she was 
you know, near eight to one on on Tuesday, and here she is at five because um, John Joe's horse um, didn't didn't get declared, and also any second now didn't get declared. So the weights have gone up a fair big chunk, and look, I can see why they're putting Cornerstone Walsh on Melina Girl to take take the weight off. Um, she's really exciting. She's come to her own. Gavin Cromwell seems to win with everything when he comes over with his horses this season. Um, I just thought she was a really good bet. Is she as good a bet half the price around four to one in the places now? It's difficult to be really bullish about her at that price because it's still still a slog round Warwick, and you know she doesn't want really bad ground. But if she's heading in the direction that I think she's heading, um, she probably isn't. A bad bet um, at the prices. I, I think I think she's she's worth worth a look. Um, she's fifty to one for the Grand National um, with Corals and a few others. Um, that's probably not the worst bet if you fancy her for this. I probably would have two quiddies well over for the Grand National if you can because fifties because she's definitely going to put herself in that picture if she if she runs runs well here. But there's no need to abandon her. Greta Pan Colons for Charlie's fourth in the race last year's come back for more. Probably a better st- stay, a bit strengthened up, a bit, bit stronger. Um, not sure this is one for Gallio de Litti, Lito. You know, she's she was a bit disappointing last time and you know she does bad ground around this track, but this is going a bit further in a in a busy race where she's gonna get pressure on the lead if she's not given a freebie up front. I thought she was a bit 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 too big. Um, a bit sorry, a bit too short for what she's she's achieved with pieces on for the first time. The other one we went for was Major Dundee. Um, he's around the ten to one mark um, for Alan King. Um, yeah, I just think he's a rock solid bet around that price on on the basis that this would have been the plan visor for the first time. You know, you, you have to go back through. This is a horse that was third in a, in a Scottish National. Um, and won a Midlands National off of one two nine six pounds higher, couple of preps to put the spot on. Um, I just think this also run really well. So those those were the two. Um, I see there's bits and pieces of money around for Volcano down the bottom. It's the horse I put up in this race um, twelve months ago. Um, one of the most hideous, painful losers I think I've ever backed. <laughs> I backed it quite quite heavily each way around twenty fives, and, and, and managed to go from kind of a winning position turning for home to finishing in fifth. So obviously wow. the anti-post goes in the bin. Um, that was out the handicap. Uh, runs off 118 um, this time around. Um, and, you know, I, I just I just think is is the slip to a mark where he could run run well within within the handicap. So I certainly wouldn't put, put off anyone um, if they want to add something, having, having a few critics where you know, but um, look, we put up Melina Girl and Major Dundee at the beginning of the week. And if you're on, stay put. Fingers crossed, Melina Girl gets the job done. Okay. One more race to look at at 3.35. And Unibet have uh, managed to move the veterans from the abandoned Sandown meeting last weekend over three miles to Warwick on Saturday. So uh, well done to them for supporting that. It's worth £75,000. Great for these horses. And and I'll just mention a few, and we know them all really well. Celebrate Dalen goes in this one. Good boy Bobby is in there. Ramsey de Tele for the pipe yard. Good old I Wright and Thomas Darby are in there as well. Sepage, who won at Cheltenham. 
He won the Veterans there, didn't he, in, in December. Mill Green, Sam Brown, Lord de Menil, the list goes on and on. It's great to have these oldies around 11, 12 years of age and still running and running for decent money on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, we, we put Sam Brown up earlier in the week. Um, he, I put him up last week and in a, in a first-time visor. He was just very well handicapped. Um, he was 16 to 1. The, the money's come from him. He's around 10 or 12s now, but um, I still can see him. Look, this is a fascinating race. Any of them could win. A um, lot of household names all, all, all still strutting their stuff in their teenage years. Um, I think it's it's a it's a fascinating contest. If you, you're on Sam Brown, that's great. Stay, stay with him. Um, the one I'd probably add, looking at the prices, would be 8 to 1, Ramsey to take. Um, David Pike's been amongst the winners this week, and this horse has had his win done again, and he's just... It's a tried tried and tested route. If you remember, had his win done back in 2022 and then came back here at Warwick in November and beat Darash counter by miles off, off 137. He's just a couple of pounds higher than that. Lost his way a bit towards the end of last season, but reappeared after a break in January last year and ran a real, really good race. Got beaten by Wishing and Hoping in the Veterans Final at Sandown. Um, and then it, then his form kind of tapered off. That was off 143. Um, he's down to 139 now, um, stable back in form, win done again. This will be the plan for a long time. I think he won't be far away. He'd be in the punting portfolio too. So Sam Brown already advised, stick with him, but I'd add, um, I'd add Ramsey to take. I was keen to put Lord and Manil in if the, if the weather got really bad, but he's just a proper stayer that's back in form and he's 16 to one, but. Look, we're on Sam Brown, and let's add Ramsey to Tay at kind of eight to one each way. So we wish Bill and the team well at Kempton on Saturday with Rare Edition running in that final race of the day there. Also on Saturday, and actually before the racing in the UK this weekend, it's Hong Kong, Shatin. They race on Saturday morning from five o'clock UK time. It's on Sky Sports Racing on the TV over here. And our expert Wally Pyra joins us once again for a 10 race card, Wally, on Saturday this weekend. So we've got to get up a day earlier. Yeah, you've got to get up a day earlier, but it's still it's still the same early morning start for the yeah. early the early worms. <laughs> At five o'clock in the morning, it's a little, yeah. it's a bit, it's a bit tough, especially with the day so cold and so dark. But hey, if you want to find a winner and it's early on, you have to be up at that time. Now let's have a look. We have got ten races, as I've said. It's it's um, starts at five o'clock in the morning. The big news for the betters and the racing fans in Hong Kong is it's it's the return of. The Zach Purton, he's back. So the Zach Purton supporters will be highly delighted to see the old champion jockey. He disappeared off from, from the New Year festivities. He went off for a short break to the skiing slopes in uh, Switzerland, which I find quite funny because I've seen on the, on the Facebooks and Instagrams, there he is and he's dressed up with his family in the uh, skiing uh, suits and uh, skis, free and, and then has, has the cheek to say that it's freezing cold over there. Well, that's the last <laughs> thing we want to know about that over here at the present. Yeah. But anyway, he's he went over there to uh, recharge his batteries. He's come back. He's got nine rides um, on Saturday morning. 
again, the same old story, a host of winning chances. And I should think his supporters will be very upset if he doesn't get at least three winners on the card. But hey, let's see. More surprising things can happen. I'm lo I'm looking down his rides. The 5.30, if you want to be up, um, he rides a six furlong handicap. He rides a horse called Top Scorer for John Size. It's worth remembering now that John Size, the stable, is certainly bubbling. You know, he's had he's had six winners in the last fortnight. Uh, I think he's had five winners at the last four meetings. He's starting to go now, so not be warned because it's good news for betters when you get the old uh, Purton John Size partnership together. They've already had eight winners this season, and that's without uh, John Size's stable firing. So keep an eye on them. Anyway, going back 5.30, rides top scorer. Second last time out. Will be a short price to go one better. In the same race, if anybody's interested at 5.30 in the morning, keep an eye, um, keep an, uh, an eye on a horse, a newcomer called Master Mastermind uh, from the David Hayes stable. Cost 225000 Hong Kong dollars. He's looked very progressive in trials. I could see him running a big race. Half an hour later, Purton and Size team up once again with a horse called Must Go, which was an eye-catcher over the straight five furlongs behind uh, Northern Beaches last time out. Been crying out for a step up in distance, and he drops down in class, so he's got an obvious chance. His dangers will be run-run timing from the Denny ship yard, Got Harry Bentley on. Remember that Harry Bentley caused a bit of a boil over last Sunday when he winning on the uh, Tony Cruz horse, Whiskey. How that won, I don't know. But there we go. That's what happens with horse racing. So they're the first couple. So Hurt will be hoping to get a couple of winners on the board early on. In the 7 o'clock, he rides a horse called Fighting Machine, the last start winner for um uh, David Hayes got the outside draw again still a bit inexperienced this horse could have come on for that last race but he's got the horses like happy for all um, number eight volcanic spark who were both behind fighting machine last uh, time both of them had desperate runs in that race and if you fancy one to turn it, the favourite over certainly they've got big chances and also a horse keeper an eye on a horse called number five, Top Peak, um, represents the successful Benno Young, who's doing well recently. He's had quite a few winners and Jerry Chow combination. They've had seven winners together this season. Big effort last time, win third. So he's got an obvious chance. chance. So, OK, Fighting Machines got a big hope, but it looks a tough race, that. More importantly... The 8.35, where he rides for John Size, a horse called Magnificent Nine. Now, in this race, Pierre is running his uh, prolific winner, I Give Again, who failed to extend his winning sequence to six last time out. Has a handicap, a handicapper caught up with him. Went up £34 in the ratings this year. Probably so. And Cotton Fingers didn't fire in that race, but Magnificent Nine finished behind both those horses in that race. 
in the race won by Joyful Hunter. But he got carved up in the final uh, furlong, furlong and a half. Uh, it was only beaten three lengths by the winner. I'm not saying he would have won the race, but he certainly would have probably have finished second. So um, I would expect that that horse, Magnificent Nine, could be the horse to keep an eye on. Right, now let's have a look at the feature race of the day, which is the Class 2 6 furlong handicap. It's worth £280,000 in prize money. It's uh, 8 5 it's got the likes of the established sprinters like Ping High Galaxy. Got to say, surprising has never won over six furlongs on turf at Charlton. Prolific winner, but never won over the course and distance. Rewarding together is exceptionally well handicapped, but no, shown no sort of form at all this season. Carroll Street, he's very fast, but he's never won over six furlongs. And the ultra-consistent bundles of charm. Uh, the bundle of charm. Now, the big pointer in this race is the fact that Harris Teton, who normally rides the horse Lucky Encounter, he's, in fact, he's ridden him all this season, won four times on him until he blew out last time out. Well, Teton has overlooked this horse in favour of the Pierre trained Galaxy patch, a winner three times out of four, Produce the wow factor when he's won his last couple of races. You would imagine that Teton thinks that this is the, the next real thing, the real deal. So I don't expect him to be a big price, but I think it will be disappointing if he doesn't win. So keep an eye on Galaxy Patch, as I say, in the main race, the 8.05. We then move on to what is probably the most competitive handicap of the uh, morning, which is the one-mile class three. It's for four-year-olds only. Now, this race is obviously been put on for horses to get a good idea of what they can do before they have these serious aspirations of running in the classic mile or the classic series Next starts next month with the classic mile. You've got a horse called Chan Cheng, Chan Cheng Glory. He's been aimed at the Classic Mile next uh, next month. Things didn't go according to plan, believe it or believe it not, when he won his latest race. Um, but he's he's the winner of four of his last four races. He's gone up twenty four pounds in the ratings, but he still looks like he's improving. The way that the race should be run to suit the, the map. The speed map says that he should shoot out in front and dictate the tempo, uh, dictate the pace from the start. He'll be very hard to beat, I would believe. But he's got a seven-pound penalty again for that last win, and he does face some stiff opposition here, which includes the likes of his stable companion, uh, Speed Dragon, who won over the course and distance last month. Unfortunately, that's been drawn wide. Golden Art, you had a tough run in that same race, but again has got an outside draw. We've got a horse called Fallon. Now, for people who like Hong Kong racing and watch it every week, Fallon produced an unbelievable piece of form when he came from last to first down the home straight at Sha Tin. Um, was an unbelievable performance. He's potentially a Hong Kong derby horse for the Hong, uh, Tony Cruz yard. 
Obviously, he's going to improve again, but this is harder opposition. The one I quite like is at the bottom of the handicap, a horse called Starmack from David Hayes' yard. He was beaten a length uh, by Speed Dragon um, recently. He's six pounds better off. He's inexperienced. He's got a better draw this time. And he looks like a horse that you could follow in the months to come. He races off bottom weight. I'm not going to say he's a certainty to go and win it, at least on paper. But I do think that he's a horse to follow and off bottom weight. I would think that he's got a good chance. So he looks like he could be a good each way hope. So there we go. If you're going to, um, I'm looking at other races there, the 735s, another handicap, Chateau. Remember that horse trained by Andrew Balding, fourth in the Windsor Castle in 2022, yeah. third in the Stakes. He showed his first glimmer of hope when just caught on the line by that horse Fallon last mm. start. So he's got a chance. But all in all, it's a competitive class racing. What I would say to you all is that keep an eye, if you're watching it, keep an eye out on horses to follow on in the near future, because I think you'll find a few winners that will come out of this meeting that will be worth following, as I say, in the weeks to come. Great stuff. Looks like a competitive card this weekend. Don't forget, it's Saturday from 5am UK time on Sky Sports Racing for racing at Sha Tin Racecourse in Hong Kong. And thanks to Wally Pirate for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks to Bill Esdale for his previews of the Saturday UK racing action. And that's all from us for today. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top racing action. So please make sure that you join us then. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Have a good weekend. Bye for now.